Hello, everybody. This is Josh and Connie here again for another episode of our RiseCast podcast. Uh, this is episode 12. I'd like to uh, introduce Connie to the rest of you. Say hello, Connie. Que pasa? Que pasa? <laughs> oh, you, you took me by surprise on that one. We're going multilingual with this show. Um, Let's see what... Uh, What's new? Well, I tell you, I've been looking at our statistics. Uh, We have over 13,500 downloads of the RiseCast podcast from all over the world. Uh, Praise the Lord. uh, Absolutely, praise the Lord. But um, the one that's really got me here is I'm looking at the map of the United States. And for those that don't know, um, when you download an episode of our show... We can see what state it was downloaded in. We don't necessarily know what city, but uh, we can we can tell the state. And um, we have in the last, it says the last three months, but it's really been in the last month, a following in Oklahoma and Connecticut. I don't know anybody in Connecticut or Oklahoma. And I don't think you do, Connie, do you? I'm not sure that I do. I'm really sorry if you are in either state and I do know you. And I'm just not thinking right now that you're there. But shout out to the Sooner State, Oklahoma. Been there. So looking at the map here, and I'm going to pull... And Connecticut, not trying to leave you out, Connecticut. And Connecticut. Well, and then as well, you know, Georgia and Wisconsin, those are our two two staple states Virginia Virginia. and Virginia as as some hits too but uh you know we've we got listeners in Washington California New Mexico uh Colorado Nebraska Missouri Tennessee Georgia South Carolina North Carolina Virginia Wisconsin Pennsylvania shout out to our friends in Pennsylvania uh New York Connecticut and Massachusetts um We've also got a decent amount of downloads from the United Kingdom. It's amazing. And uh, and as well, Japan. So, you guys uh, are awesome. Konnichiwa to our uh, Japanese listeners. But, Nicely uh, done. <laughs> uh, well, I, tr- I try. Uh, like I said, we've, we've already dropped. Uh, we're trilingual today. <laughs> but... Uh, um, Really, if, if you guys are listening to the podcast, we would like to hear from you to know uh, where you're listening from and how you like the show. And how you've heard of us, especially. I, I really would love to hear from our our Oklahoma and our Connecticut listeners as to how you found out about Project RiceCast. I, I know that um, we are carried on iTunes and Podbean, which uh, hosts um, our podcast. But I also know that there's a bunch of other ones out there that carry our show that I had no idea. It's exciting stuff. So please let us know at Project Risecast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Twitter, our handle is, now I've misquoted this in the past, but I believe it's at rise for jesus Yes. And um, 
Facebook. You just look up uh, Project Rise Ministries and you should be able to find us. Yes. Yeah, please let us know like where you're listening from and how you've heard of us and what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, what you'd like for us to talk about. We just, we love feedback, so. But uh, it's exciting stuff to see that uh, our our little podcast here, which started from nothing, is now reaching um, all over the United States and and parts of the world. Praise God. Um, oh, Pakistan has hey, also Pakistan. has also hit the map too. Um, I'm sorry, I don't I don't know any uh, any Arabic, so I'll I'll have to work on that now. Brush up on that, Josh. Yeah, if you guys get enough to start trending on the map. Uh, even more, I'll I'll try to pick up uh, some Arabic. Singapore is on there. Yep, Singapore. Look at that, the United Kingdom. Yeah. Cool stuff. Six percent of our hits. You guys are awesome. High five to all of our listeners. Absolutely. Well, speaking of high fives, um, I think we need to go and talk a little bit about our beloved Five Stripes. Um, get the music queued up here. Atlanta United. Uh, yesterday, it's been a lot of trash talking between us and Orlando City. Um, some good, some some things that I'm not so proud of our yeah, uh, fellow uh, Atlanteans. Shame, shame. But uh, one of the funny things was that uh, Atlanta United bought billboard space down in Orlando and put a billboard up that we were coming to conquer. <laughs> and uh, I, I thought that was uh, that was awesome. Yes. Uh, very, very witty. But uh, it ended up getting uh, some graffiti on it. They had to tear it down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Orlando wasn't going to play nice. Uh, but uh, we went in and we beat them one nothing. We got our... We have our our goalie now. Yes. Our our keeper, Brad Guzan. Yes. Who there was a lot of trash talk about, you know, him taking over for for Khan. There's a reason why this guy played for the US men's national team. Yes. Um I I actually had to get a haircut yesterday and uh it, it was an unnamed national chain that you can watch sporting events at. <laughs> Um, that's about as specific as I can be. And um, I-, I was glad I did because I got to sit there while I was getting my hair cut and watching Guzan just tear up. I mean, he was a brick wall yesterday. Uh, like I said, there's a reason why he played for the national team. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a goalkeeper myself, so I I, I love watching the defensive side of you could game. appreciate there there are there were plays that he made yesterday that i didn't think you know can for as as good as he was and is i don't think he would have gotten there uh simply because of the of his experience mm-hmm. but uh man of the match you know kuzan i mean he was phenomenal he yeah. was a brick wall there was one goal scored in the entire game and it was by our very own tito vialba so in the 86 minute yes vialba blasts one from 35 yards out oh it was a rocket it was a rocket right into the upper right corner of the net 
It was beautiful. Their keeper had no chance had on that no, one. Yeah. And it was kind of amazing because it was, you know, a one or two touch, you know, by, right by the elbow, yeah, right off just... his toe. And then I didn't think he had enough room to wind up, but oh, man, man, he blasted that one. It was one. beautiful. And uh, that was all it took. Yep. Um, you know, I was a little nervous when they had five extra minutes of of injury time added to the game, but uh, the boys pulled through and took their three points home back to Atlanta. So that leaves that leaves us now in uh, well we're still fourth in the conference. Uh, top six teams make the playoffs, uh, and we're on a four game winning streak. Now we do we still have the highest goal differential in the entire league? Or? Uh, no, I believe Chicago took that oh, okay. one over. Um, we had a couple of low scoring uh, yeah. wins, but uh, they they called uh, Guzan. I saw a couple of memes on. Uh, on Facebook, um, Mr. Clean Sheet, <laughs> which is kind of funny because he's bald, so just like Mr. Clean. Um, let's see here. Uh, well, last time we talked, we were pretty pretty spunky about the Milwaukee Brewers, and they kind of tanked for the last Yeah, I week. should just not talk about them anymore because... Well, they they had a, like a five game lead on the Cubs, and now it's down to. It was down to one, and the Brewers won tonight, but I think the Cubs did too. So I think it's still at one. But the Braves, they they lost. They got swept by the Cubs. Come on, Braves. Boo. You got swept by the Cubs, but they're in L.A. right now, putting a whooping. On the best team in baseball right now, the L.A. Dodgers. I believe here in the South, it's a whooping. A whooping. Yeah, uh, on the first place Dodgers. Yes. So. <laughs> which is which is fine because I have a few friends uh, from when I used to work uh, with a company that was uh, based in California, a few Dodger fans. So, I, I don't mind seeing the Dodgers lose. <laughs> Sorry, Dodgers, but. Uh, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> go Braves, go Brewers. But um, I think that's about all we're going to do with sports today. Um, but uh, with that said, we're going to move into uh, Connie's segment. Uh, she has a tender bit that she would like to share with us. So without further ado. It started off as a hobby his wife enjoyed, and now Clayton Shelbourne is making blankets on his own after her death. The 88-year-old Indiana man was already has already made several dozen blankets, supplying enough for one to go to every patrol car within the Zionsville Police Department and the Boone County Sheriff's Department. I just felt there was a need, Shelbourne told WXIN. He said he remembered one story about a father leaving his sleeping son in a broken-down vehicle along a highway while the father went to get help. Police said the blankets would go a long way. We could show up to a crash, and the weather could be like it is now, where it's nice and cold and that blanket will come in real handy when you need to wrap it around someone in need, said Sergeant Adrian Martin of the Zionsville Police Department. Shelbourne said his wife first started making blankets with a camping club, 
which would donate the blankets to different organizations in the area. Clayton joined in and the couple made blankets together for about 10 years. She was the seamstress, he said. I was never a seamstress. This is a new ball game because I was always an outside person. Clayton's wife, Dolores, died in May of 2015. My time is nothing, said Shelbourne. I'm 88 years old. I can do this when it's raining outside and I enjoy doing it. I'm sure if my wife was here, she would be happy I'm doing this too. Shelburne decided to help police in his county after talking with his son, who is an, off- who is an officer in Zionsville. For an individual, a civilian for that matter, to take it upon themselves to not only take their time and invest their money and their personal stake into a product or event that benefits any law enforcement agency, particularly Zionsville, we appreciate that, Martin said. Shelburne plans to make more when police run out and is already making new badges for the Peyton Manning Children's Hospital. He already has a dozen ready to go. I may have bitten off more than I can choose, said laughing, said a laughing Shelbourne. I'm going to keep it going as long as I have money to make blankets, and I'm sure there's a need for it over there. Shelbourne said he spends very little of his own money making the blankets. Most of the funds come from friends, family, and others who hear about his work and want to contribute. And this story was taken from um, Milwaukee uh, WITI Fox 6 News, um, and it was posted April 6th of this year. Shout out to Fox 6 News. Uh, that was our uh, our home base there for, for quite a while. Yes. My favorite newscast was actually, my favorite newscasters were on Fox 6. So. Well, thank you for that, Connie. That was, that was a, a delightful story. Um, that actually kind of segues into, uh, we had VBS Cactusville, um, Yeehaw! last week. Yes. And, uh, or actually it was the week before technically. Technically. And July 10th through the 14th. July 10th through the 14th. <laughs> we had Cactusville. And, um, one of the missions that we had for the kids, we try to do a mission every every year. Uh, last year, we um, collected shoes to give to the refugees that were in the area. Uh, this year, we decided to collect teddy bears or small stuffed animals, uh, new or gently used, and they will be given to the local uh, sheriff's department and fire department uh, because they use those um, to give to the kids yes. uh, that are in you know, bad situations. Um, I actually learned about um, this when we were still up in Wisconsin. Um, There were police officers that collected books. They collected stuffed animals and they would, um, there was one specific police officer that would collect books and buy books and give them to children to promote literacy. Um, But other police officers collected stuffed animals Um, Because whenever there's a tragic situation like a car accident or possibly um, maybe domestic abuse or even the loss of a parent, um, they use these stuffed animals to, um, first of all, reach out to the child and kind of calm them down in the midst of a really tragic or difficult situation. Um, They also use it to build community relations with kids so that kids aren't afraid of police officers with um, everything that's been going on in the media with some officers who aren't so good. Um, And so these police officers also hand them out to children that seem 
Um, like they may be underprivileged and don't have enough. Um, and so they, they use these stuffed animals to build community relations. Well, one thing that uh, I learned, and I'm guilty of this as, as well as I bet many other parents, how many times do you threaten your kid, oh, you better behave because I'll have that officer over there arrest you. And uh, I actually had an officer uh, say, you know, please, please don't do that. He says, because it does create negative feelings towards towards kids and yes. and they want kids in a time of trouble to approach the officers not be afraid of them so um for for those of you dads who um try to get the kids to behave please don't use the police officers as leverage yeah it creates a hostile environment it creates a hostile environment <laughs> but um yeah, that that's our that's our mission. Um, we'll be collecting uh, these through Mule Camp. Uh, Mule Camp Days is a local festival uh, in which that we'll have a booth uh, for the church, and uh, that is happening in I believe the first or second weekend in October. The first so, full weekend in October. First full yes. weekend in October. So we'll be collecting then, and then uh, making a delivery to the Hall County Sheriff's Department, and the local fire department. And the Gainesville Police Department. Shout and, out to them. And the Gainesville City Police Department. Yes. They all work together as a team. Yeah, they're awesome. We love our our local law enforcement. They're good guys. Well, okay. Well, uh, I think we got through all of our preliminaries. So now on to the main topic. Uh, this one is entitled Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. Take it away, Connie. Take it away. Take it away. <laughs> well, for um, I thought we would actually talk about something that um, was in our, you know, we at, at our church um, in Sabbath school, we teach the, the collegiate quarterly because we teach to young adults. And um, this week, I was missing. Young adults is defined as 18 to 35-ish. Yeah, it's a big gap, but. Well, 35-ish, meaning um, if you identify with the young adults, you can attend. (laughs) Um, And so this week's lesson was about justification by faith alone. Um, And so Josh and I sadly had to study alone because when our our, our regular attendee is uh, leaving for Southern tonight. So shout out to Caroline. That's Southern Adventist University for those that aren't familiar with the the jargon. Yes, up in um, Collegedale, Tennessee. So we were studying um, this week's lesson, and we thought we would talk about this a little bit. Um, and this week's lesson is, uh, you know, talking about how understanding that faith and works are in equal partnership and how both are needed for success. Um, but there was something that, um, I had read that kind of leads up to it. And it's funny because um, reading the Sabbath school lesson and then reading um, a devotional that I had and then listening to, shout out to Jordan Blyden. Um, he had the sermon today and his sermon went along perfectly as well about um, just having the faith that Christ is is full and complete enough for us to go out and do the work that he has called us to do. Yeah, this was Jordan's first sermon. Uh, Aside from doing some uh, share him evangelism uh, this, uh, what, last month or the month before? 
So this was his actual first sermon. Back in May. Yes, back in May. This was his first sermon. And I tell you, it, he, he was looked completely comfortable up there. Yes. And like he's been doing it all along. So this is the equivalent of the uh, the rookie coming out and throwing almost a no-hitter. Yeah, he was awesome today. God really used him today. Like I walked up to him and I was like, man, Jordan, God really used he really used you to put out a word out there today, and he, he did an amazing job. Um, we really felt the Holy Spirit move through Jordan today, and I, I pray that everyone who will uh, post his sermon, um, for anyone who would like to listen to it, um, it's very, very good. I encourage you to go and listen to it. Yes, or you can go to GainesvilleAdventist.org uh, in the media uh, tab. You can find all of the sermons. And so I'll start out with the devotional because they kind of all go together. So um, the devotional was yesterday's devotional. Um, it's called Dressed Up. And the Bible verse that um, it's, it's being taken from, um, it's a little snippet of Romans thirteen fourteen. Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. In her book, Wearing God, author Lauren Winner says our clothes can silently communicate to others who we are. What we wear may indicate career, community, or identity, moods, or social status. Think of a t-shirt with a slogan, a business suit, a uniform, or greasy jeans, and what they might reveal. She writes, the idea that as a garment, Christians might wordlessly speak something of Jesus is appealing, or in some cases, sadly appalling. I mean, let's be honest. According to Paul, we can similarly wordlessly represent Christ. Romans 13, 14 tells us to clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. What does this mean? When we become Christians, we take on Christ's identity. We're children of God through faith, as spoken in Galatians 3, 26 through 27. That's our status. Yet each day we need to clothe ourselves in his character. We do this by striving to live for and be more like Jesus, growing in godliness, love, and obedience, and turning our back on the sins that once enslaved us. This growth in Christ is a result of the Holy Spirit working in us and our desire to be closer to him through study of the word, prayer, and time spent in fellowship with other Christians um, is how we do that. When others look at our words and attitudes, what statements are we making about Christ? When others see us, may what they speak well, may they may what they see speak well of the Savior. And this is taken from um, our daily bread. And the the author is um, Allison Keita. And so, reading that and then reading the devotional today, um, and I love what it says here. Like they were. If you could um, imagine a pair of scissors and you have the top half, which is the handle, and the bottom half, which is the blades, and the, I'm gonna t- this will be all tied in together in a minute um, or later on in the, in the podcast, but if you could just imagine for a minute a pair of scissors and you have the handles and you have the blades, which part is more important? Well, if this isn't a trick question, which I don't think it would be, um, 
you really can't uh, can't do much without the other. So I'm going to say they're both equally as important. Exactly. And so I got, when, I got the answer right. <laughs> I mean, you could you could discuss amongst yourselves how you could possibly use one part maybe a little bit more than the other. But the truth is is that without the complete package, the scissors don't work as well as if if you didn't have both parts, if you didn't have the and, the handles plus the blades. And so that's how we need to look at faith. And especially when we talk about the the justification by by faith, um, our works are a product of our faith. And our works help to grow our faith. And so one it complements the other. And they, if you could just imagine like your hands, like I have my hands woven together right now. If you could imagine like your, your fingers intertwined with one another, that's how faith and works should be together. Well, faith without works is dead. dead. Yes. And so faith without works is dead and works without faith is is completely showing an identity that is not of Christ because it's all about you. And so it's all about representing yourself. Like you can go out and do good things all day long, but if you're go out if you're going out and doing it not because necessarily in your faith, not I'm, it may be faith in yourself, but the faith in Jesus Christ, like when you grow to know him completely and you grow to know him through reading the word and you grow in praying for the Holy Spirit to do a work in your life and you surrender to Christ and you grow closer to him, that faith propels you compels and propels you into the world to do the work. And so the works that come from that kind of faith are true works because those works are going to completely reflect Christ because he's working in you. But if you're going with very little faith or if you're going out there without nurturing your faith, then you have to ask yourself, who are you really trying to glorify? What is it that you're glorifying? Is this, you know, a, another notch in, in the notebook of the good things that Connie has done? Or is this, I'm out here to glorify God. And the only way that you can go out there to glorify Christ is if you know his character. You have to know his character to be able to go out there and glorify him. Absolutely. And so even Jordan touched on this today. He he was going into um, how people in the Bible had very little faith. And we talked about, um, he talked about the woman that Elijah went to and she had that little bit of barley and the little bit of oil and she basically said, I'm going to use up what I have here. And my son and I are going to die because she was a widow. And so Elijah said, I want you to go and make me a cake. And I want you to have faith that it, your, you know, your supply will continue to sustain you. And it did. She had the faith and she made the cake. 
And that supply continued to just replenish itself with the faith that she had. And so, you know, talking about. Can you, can you imagine that? A barley cake? <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be more like a biscuit or something like you that. You know, when you're starving and you're down to nothing, I'm sure that barley cake tastes like the best thing you've ever eaten in your life. Well, I, I had a, a professor in college that uh, she uh, she ended up being a lawyer, but um, putting herself through school, she said she, she had no money. I mean, she was putting everything she had into school and and living. So she, she told us, she's like, one of the things that I used to eat was rice with ketchup because you know, she had to had to flavor the rice. And so she said that there were many nights that that's what that's what she had for dinner was rice and ketchup. So yep. I guess, you know, you could probably, you know, have a barley cake on the side. Yeah. And it goes deeper into, you know, Jordan was talking about in his sermon today. Um, when you're down to nothing and you give all that you have to God, you give all that you have left and you're not necessarily giving him what's left or left over. You're giving him everything that you have. That kind of faith, he blesses. He will bless. Like you may not see it monetarily, but he will continue to sustain you. If you have that faith, he will continue to sustain you. And how many times we read in the Bible of people that are down to nothing, you know, they're, they're in that pit of despair and they're called to give. And, you know, you hear these stories about people that will work themselves to death. You know what I mean? Because they want money and they want status and, and they work and they work. And it almost seems like the harder you work and the more time you put into your job and you're not resting, the less money that you make. But you hear these stories about people that just give and give and give and give and the wealth that they end up having. And it's not because of wealth that they're accumulating. It's because when you live out in faith, your faith begins to grow. Because of that, your works increase. They become much more meaningful. They start to change your life. And then when you see what those works are doing for other people and how it's reflecting Christ and how people are seeing Christ blessing them through the works that God is doing through you, it grows your faith. And it's just like if you could imagine like foundations like bricks being laid, the more faith that grows, the more your works grow because the the faith propels you and compels you to go out. And then when you do that, your faith grows even more. And just if you could just imagine bricks stacking on top of bricks, and that's exactly how it works. And so if we're going out with very little faith, how can God bless that? Because we're not trusting him. We need to trust him completely. The only way we can trust him completely is to know him. Like, imagine if you were to meet someone and the person's like, hey, I want you to trust me to take your car and, and go and, and run this errand and I'll come back. Are you going to do it if you don't really know that person? Dude, I wouldn't trust my friends to take my car. <laughs> and so it, just imagine like how difficult it is to trust someone when you don't know them. 
how many of us leave our Bibles sitting on the shelf collecting dust and we're not, we're not reading it. So when we're not reading it, we're not getting into the word and learning about who God is. Then how can we trust him if we don't even know his character? How can we trust him if we don't read what he's done for others? How can we trust him if, we, if we're not filling ourselves with his truth? And so there's just so many different aspects that go together that, you know, if you could think of like just this well-oiled machine, that's, that's our lives as Christians. It needs to be a well-oiled machine. And when we start to decrease what we're doing in one area, it will affect the rest of those cogs in that machine or the rest of, you know, whatever that machine is made of, it will affect the rest of it. It's like if you can imagine an automobile, you can fill it with gas all the time and you can change the transmission fluid or make sure that that's topped off and you can make sure your your wiper blades are clean. But if you never change your oil, the car is going to break down. Or if you never put gas in, the car is going to stop running. But you need to take care of all parts of that automobile for it to run correctly and smoothly. And our lives as Christians are no different. If we're not taking part in reading the word, if we're not, you know, once we read the word and we're praying on that and we're asking, then we surrender, you know, because we learn God's true character and we learn what Jesus has done for us and the sacrifice that was made and how critical and important and how precious we are in his sight and we learn our identity in him then our faith begins to grow and so once our faith begins to grow then we're like man i read about jesus it's like i i want to go out and tell people about him because he's amazing and what he's doing in my life i want to share that so then you go out and then you go out and you share it, and people are really resonating with that. And they're like, I want to know more about that. And then your faith grows because you see God working in your life and reaching people, and it just keeps building. But if we're not, if we're not taking, if we're not putting gas in our car, if we're not putting gas in our lives, if we're not eating that bread as what Jordan was talking about today, then we don't have the fuel to go forward. And if we're not going out and telling people and we're holding that truth to ourselves, how are we going to go anywhere? What is that doing if we're just storing up all these treasures for ourselves? You're wasting them. Exactly. Because eventually you're going to have, well, if we're going to use food as an analogy, if you hoard all the food, you can't possibly eat it It's like the story of the manna. You'll have spoilage. It's like the story Mm -hmm. of the manna in the Bible. Or when you go into the the story of the talents, the parable of the talents, Mm -hmm. and what happened there. And so when we store up these things for ourselves, if we as Adventists say, yeah, we've got this great relationship with God. Yeah, we know the truth about God, but I'm, you know, I'm going to keep that for myself because I'm special. Well, in, in this case too, the spoilage is not, Anything that's, you know, can be thrown away. The spoilage is lost souls. Exactly. 
you know, and, and what Jordan said today about praying for God, give me one more hour, give me one more minute, give me one more week, give me one more day, give me one more year, give me 10 more years, because we're praying for that time so that we can reach as many souls as possible, instead of saying, God, come right now. I can't take this world anymore. Come right now. Well, how selfish is that? How selfish is that? Like, yeah, there are times when life gets tough. But think of how tough it is right now. And think of that moment when Christ does return. And you have to watch your family members not make it. Because you didn't pray for one more day to minister to them. Is it worth it? Is it worth for Christ to come right now to save your life, to take you out of misery and watch your friends and your family possibly be destroyed because they cannot be in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Is that worth it? You need to ask yourself these questions. And that's that's a a pretty sobering question, you know, and and I'm sure, you know, we're, we're human. It would depend on what day you'd ask me, um, but uh, but in the end, I yeah, uh, we we should be asking for more time so that we can complete the mission work. Right. I mean, God wants to see every single person saved. He Absolutely. does. You you can't t- you cannot tell. He is a loving God. He wants to see every single person He has ever created in the kingdom of God. And every single person has or has had that opportunity. Yes. Because that's why Jesus died for everybody. It says Christ died for all. He died for all. All. And so instead of us saying, Christ, when are you going to return? Why aren't we saying, Christ, just give me, I love what Jordan said today. Give me one more hour. Give me one more day. Give me one more year because I've still got work to do. And it goes along with what we've been saying all along. I want to be found working. I want to be found ministering to someone and telling someone about Jesus. And all of a sudden he appears and I can say, look, there he is. I told you he was coming back for you and there he is. So we shouldn't be like the early Adventists just sitting there staring at the skies waiting for no. I don't want to be found watching and waiting. I want to be found working. And I pray that that hearts are changed, that people want to be found the same way. Because I tell you what, Christ was still ministering on that cross. (laughs) Up until the moment he took his final breath. He was ministering to the thief on the cross. Mm -hmm. He never stopped. Until he took his final breath. And that was another soul gained for heaven. Amen. So wh- why are we thinking that we should be any different? Because sometimes I really think we get stuck in this rut that we really think that we are different. And we're not. If we knew the true character of Christ and we would want to die to self then we wouldn't be so worried about preserving our life. And this goes into a whole nother topic of, you know, there's there's groups of people out there that, you know, thinking that, I won't go into it tonight, but the whole probation is closed, 
blah, 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 blah. Well, then what are we doing right now? So you're telling me that evangelism is dead. There's no reason for me to go out and evangelize anymore. If probation is dead, then what are we doing? Yeah, then you're basically telling us that our, our efforts are wasted. Are wasted. But you know what? Every single day that I pray to God to put someone into my life or I pray for God put someone on my mind that I can minister to right now, he still does. So don't tell me God is not still working right now. Uh, you know, how many times do you see during the year of a evangelistic campaign over in uh, India or Indonesia or something like that where literally thousands of people are choosing to accept Christ and getting baptized. I, you know, you can't tell me that that probation per se is closed. Right. Because the Holy Spirit is still working. He's still working. Absolutely. And so that, like I said, that's a whole nother topic. But, you know, we receive, it, it talks about here in, in our in our study, I love what it says here, you know, talking about the gifts from God in Galatians and the fruits of the Spirit and the different gifts that God gives us. And, the you know, fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. <laughs> Sorry, this is one of, our, one of our kids' favorite songs. <laughs> hey, it's a great way to learn all the fruits of this. Like, our kids know all of the fruits of the Spirit because of that song. Absolutely. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Well done. <laughs> so, sorry to interrupt there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's talking about, I, I love what it says about the devil will try to reach all of us and make us believe we are never good enough. This is where faith creates a wall separating the devil's voice from reaching our thoughts. And it's so true. Like how many times do we, we feel like our faith is at a roadblock because Satan's like, you can't do that. You've never preached before. You don't even like public speaking. How could you ever go and do a share him presentation when you've never even preached? A, you, you can't even talk to your friend, five of your friends. You can't even get up in front of them. You don't even like people. You don't even like people. You, you don't even speak their language. They would never even understand you anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, he he spits these lies because he's the father of all lies. He spits these lies into our head and eventually we start to believe it. And why do we believe it? Because we're not diving into the word enough or we're not praying enough or he's just hitting a lot harder than we're allowing our faith to work. We haven't picked up that shield of righteousness to thwart off those attacks. Right. You need the armor of God. And so it goes back to that whole... You know, Satan knows our patterns. He he watches us. And so he knows what our what our hot buttons are. That's that's his game. He watches us all day long and he's like, "You know what? I know that I know that Connie really hates traffic." This is truth, by the way. I know that she really hates traffic, and I know that she really does not like rude people. So I'm going to have someone cut her off in, in a ton of traffic. Happens. And it's going to set her into this downward spiral. Happens all the time on Sabbath morning as we have to drive 
through the entire city of Gainesville. And it's just like, he does that. And then we make bad choices. It's not all his fault, but he knows we're going to make some bad choices. He knows our patterns. And so then he just kind of like, if you could imagine, it's kind of like, he just kind of like throws like this little, like you're running along and all of a sudden, if you've ever, I'm not going to talk about that movie, but if you could just imagine someone throwing a stick out in front of you and that's what he does. That's what he does. You know, we're like running or rollerblading along, having a good old time. And we're going a little bit too fast because we noticed we left the house five minutes too late or we need to get home soon. And so all of a sudden we start making some bad decisions. And then he throws in just this quick little whoop. And the next thing you know, we're just falling all over ourselves. The proverbial banana peel in Mario Kart. Exactly. Yes. And then next thing you know, we're spinning out of control because all we can do is focus on what's going wrong instead of what's going right. Instead of just saying, you know what? I know that was you. I'm going to brush that off and I'm going to keep moving along and I'm going to use this as a learning. It's a learning curve for me. I'm going to use this as a stepping stone. But he knows how to get us. He knows how to get us fixated on something that will just completely draw our focus on what God was trying to draw us to. And so it says here, our Bible brings us assurance that we are doing the Lord's will and not just hoping our works are sufficient. When the law is understood as demanding works. So when we read the Bible and we read the law as to what God says. And this starts getting into righteousness by works. This goes into what has plagued humanity from day one. That if you follow all the laws and all the bylaws, you're going to live a great life. Everything's going to be perfect. But if you sin once, you will be cursed. And this goes back to that. This is something that has plagued our society and it still plagues us. It still has infiltrated our churches. It has still infiltrated our minds. That if we do all these good things, good things are going to come to us. And if we don't sin, we're not going to have issues. But that's not what the Bible says. No, because bad things still happen to good people. It says it rains on the good and the bad. And the sun will shine on the good and the bad. Because there's something to be learned through all of it. And so it says, when the law is understood as demanding works, human performance becomes central. What we do is what the focus is, what we're doing. You know, even in busyness, you know, we, we tend to gloat in our business. Oh man, I'm so busy. I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And it's like, busyness does not equal holiness, okay? It doesn't. I'm sorry to break it to you, but busyness does not equal holiness. In fact, a lot of times busyness draws us away from God and draws us away from holiness. It draws us away from the one who is holy. And so it says, but when the law is correctly understood, as demanding faith, Christ 
becomes central. Christ becomes the focus. Because Christ is the law. He is the word made flesh. He is the one who came to live out the law, to show that it can be lived out. He is the one who lived a perfect life. He is the one who did things because he was trying to be the reflection of his father. And he was the reflection of his father. And he is the reflection of his father. He is the true depiction of God in heaven. He shows us kindness. He shows us mercy. He shows us grace. He did all of this unselfishly. He did it all when it, when it hurt him, when he was tired, when he was, you know, how many times do we read where, where Christ went and he had to go and pray and he, he just, he was tired, but he still continued to move forward because the Holy Spirit was in him. He prayed and he had that communion with his heavenly father. And he knew that his purpose was to come and undo the character assassination that Satan had put on God the Father. You know, I I can't imagine the self-control that Jesus had to have. You know, reading the Bible, basically, you know, they would go out to seclude themselves, to reflect, to decompress, whatever you want to call it. And a flock of people would still follow him. Yes. Um, you know, there there was uh, one instance that was talked about in the sermon today where um, one of the, a, a friend died. For some reason, the, the name is escaping me. But uh, they went to go out of the city so that they could take some time to John mourn. the Baptist. Yes, John the Baptist. How, John the Baptist was How could beheaded. I forget that name? <laughs> and uh, so John the Baptist had passed away. They had just gotten word. And so they took a boat across the Sea of Galilee and a multitude of people followed them around the lake. And, you know, they went up into the mountains to to, to decompress, to, to mourn. And when they came back out, this multitude of people was sitting there waiting for them. I mean, talk about having no break. I mean, I've had it where I was at work where, you know, I'm trying to uh, avoid people just because I'm tired and, and ready to go home. And someone follows me around, you know, it can get kind of aggravating. I'm a mom. Okay. Every single person and their brother follows me to the bathroom. Okay. I cannot even go to the bathroom in privacy. I've got dogs at the door. I've got children at the door. This has been happening ever since we've had dogs and children. Like I can't even have a moment where I'm in the shower without mom, you know, there's no silence. I can't imagine how it was for Jesus. With 5,000 plus following you around. Yes. And that's what ended up being the whole fishes and loaves story. And so when we look at him and going back to the, the name of, of this podcast is called Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. And I'm sorry to take something from <laughs> from something that's not very not very holy, but it was we need to ask ourselves, who is it that we want to see in the mirror every single day? Do we want to see 
the person in the business suit that's living high on life, that's successful, that is making good money, that everyone envies because, you know, keeping up with the Joneses and you're the Joneses. Who do we want to see in the mirror? Do we want to see the person that is working 60 hours a week because we're trying to make ends meet but you know we're working 60 hours a week to put food on the table to maybe buy into materialism whatever we're doing but yet we can't pay tithe do we want to be that person that when we look in the mirror you know we can be loving to every single person outside of our husband or wife children whatever but we can't show that same love and affection to our own family members do we want to look in the mirror and see that person that everyone thinks wow they really got it together because you never talk about what you're struggling with you never talk about your addiction to pornography you never talk about your your drug abuse past you never talk about your battle with alcoholism you just put out this picture perfect lifestyle on social media but you never allow people to relate to you from the the pit that you were in that Christ saved you from and you never allow people to see what Christ did in your life so that they could also ask Christ to do the same thing in theirs or do you want to look in the mirror and see first and foremost a sinner that is in desperate need of saving in desperate need of salvation in desperate need of truth and then say, Lord, help me. I want to I repent of everything that I've done. And when I say I want to repent, I don't want to do these things anymore. I want to be more like you. And then each and every single day, you draw nearer to him. You pick up that dusty Bible. You brush it off. You open it every day and you devote even just five minutes, even just one verse a day. Even if you just took one verse and tried to understand it to its fullest extent and how you can apply it to your life. And each and every single day, you do that. And every single day that you look in the mirror, you start to see less of your reflection. And you start to see more of being clothed in our Lord Jesus Christ. Who do you want to see in the mirror every single day? Do you have the faith to believe that Christ can change your life? Do you have the faith to believe that Christ can not only change your life, but in your insufficiency, in everything that all the flaws that you believe that you have, that Christ is not only a redeemer, but an overcomer. He is a living God that wants to use you, this broken vessel. Because in broken vessels, that's where light shines through. So if you can imagine a broken vessel and you put this light inside of it and the light shining through that, he wants to use you today 
this broken vessel to bring light into the world and to draw other people closer to him. Amen. Well, thank you for that, Connie. That uh, It's amazing on how things segue all together from how the day starts uh, all the way through Sabbath school, the sermon, and then, you know, God has this way of just putting everything everything together. Amen. Um, well, with that, I think that uh, that wraps up our podcast. Um, this is episode 12. And uh, we want to thank you for listening. Again, anyone that uh, that is out there listening, we would love to hear from you at projectrisecast at gmail.com. Uh, otherwise, you can catch us on Facebook under Project Rise Ministries, on Twitter at Rise for Jesus, uh, or you could just hang on and catch us for uh, episode 13, uh, hopefully coming up shortly. Thanks for listening. <laughs>